This is Homer and Tony. Oh, baby. I thought you were very similar to Bart Stark. I had to look him up after. There's some similarities there. Look, we're both white. That's it. Uh, I don't know. We're going to put it up on the poll. That's, see what I've, never been, uh, I've never been. <laughs> but you put the picture of Tom Barrett up, and we're the same height. But the lady's going to have a nice story to tell. Hey, I was in uh, Ted's. Did anybody tell <laughs> her that he's dead? <laughs> a dead guy was in there. <laughs> kind of hard to explain, but Homer, I'll try. You need to sit down. This could take a while. See this dude, he sort of looks like you do. Bizarre gift. He's old, bald headed, and white. Tom Parrot. <laughs> Not quite. Both. Broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue. This is Homer and Tony. Perfect harmony. The Hall of Famer is on assignment, though I am anticipating that he will be available for the huge game tonight, Marquette against Xavier, for first place in the Big East regular season. Former Marquette star Jim McElvain will be coming on in a few minutes for a couple of reasons. He was actually at Marquette the first time they were in a conference tournament. Or in a conference, I should say. See if he remembers any big games late in the year. And that Tyler Kolick is having a phenomenal year in terms of assists. He's among the leaders in the country, and uh, that would possibly move him into the territory of Tony Miller, who played with Jim McElvain and holds all the Marquette records for assists, which are incredibly high and be difficult for anyone, including Tyler Kolick, to ever break. But that will wait, because right now... We have the top three at three, the, the closest the ever to three. The pick of the litter, the creme de la creme. This list is as exclusive as it gets. Three, two, one. Okay, let's run. It's the top three at three with Homer and Tony. I have a couple options. Tony's out here. My options, of course, the incredible, exciting preseason NBA game that was on. Last night between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Maine Celtics. Oh, sorry. The Boston Celtics were missing, I believe, what, their top three players or four starters or whatever. No, it's, and it was, a, it was a close game, but it was a preseason game. Doesn't tell you anything other than that you'd be devastated if the Bucks would have lost, given that Boston had uh, just a bunch of reserves. And... Uh, or I could credit Sam Hauser, who had an incredible three to send the game into overtime. Yeah, I, I think they don't foul in that situation, too, especially when they need a three. They never foul. Bucks, as was mentioned. It. I don't either. Um, I give Rick Majerus credit that, uh, and there was a little too much time there. He said with four seconds, you always foul. Now, maybe seven is too many, and he's no longer with us. I can't remember what he said, but that was the, what he learned from the NBA. But the Bucks never do that. And I believe that was almost identical to the shot that Hauser made against Creighton to send a game there into overtime. Yeah, pretty they, close, yeah. They, uh, they didn't. They just inbounded the ball, and it went all the way to the end of the court, and nobody touched it, so Marquette got the inbound. And the weird part then was, was that Marcus Howard inbounded when you figure he should have been the one shooting the shot, 
because he was an incredible shooter. But no, he inbounded it. I'm I'm almost certain that Sam Hauser, top of the circle, and uh, I think that sent that game into overtime. Uh, if I'm wrong, so what? I can barely remember last week. I can only remember weird things. Um, but yeah, Sam Hauser played more than ever just because they don't have anybody left on the team. I was impressed by uh, the Celtics. I'm a little worried about them. Uh, that there's some outstanding Bucks have a great coach, but I think uh, Boston has a an incredibly good coach too as well. Even though he was uh, an assistant, made the head coach because of because of what? What do you say? The head coach messed up. Yeah, he, he bleeped off up. the court. He off, bleeped up yeah. off the court uh, issues. I mean, so, so it took a career game from Holiday and Giannis to play 45 minutes to beat an absolutely yeah. gutted Celtics yeah. team. So what does that say? I mean, do you ever so make, look at the head of the All Star break? Maybe, perhaps. Yeah. And, do you ever do you ever make too much out of a preseason game? And that's what it is. It's the really. only time when all those people. Yeah, but you're right. You'd have been disappointed if they lost. But even though they didn't lose, it was disappointing that they had to do all that to win, right? Because yeah. um, I'm not sure. I feel like this should be my top three at three. Michael Jordan celebrating his 60th birthday by making a $10 million donation to Make-A-Wish. Um, there's one problem with that. What's that? Given what Michael Jordan is worth... How large does the donation have to be to impress you? Are you impressed with the fact that Michael Jordan donated $10 million on his 60th birthday? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, ooh, wow. Uh, what does he get? I, I, I give him a 7. I mean, he's, seven? he's okay. donating $10 million. Right. It's, okay. it's more than anybody else. Nobody else has ever done that. Yeah. I mean, but like, say when uh, Bill Gates donates $10 million. But for all the charities I'm assuming he's donated to previously as well, it's like... He's donated a lot of money to a lot of charities over the years, I'm assuming. I don't have the numbers in I'm front sure of me he has, he's yes. done, but There's an event here, um, a small one, that he donates $10,000 each year and has nothing to do with anything. But he just uh, made a relationship with this individual who passed away uh, and still donates $10,000 $10, every year. But All right, so so you have it, what, at a six? Yeah, six, seven, somewhere right, around Well, then I'm going to give it to Michael Jordan. $10 million donation to Make-A-Wish, which is a... Phenomenal! Whoever came up with the idea, uh, giving the wishes of kids uh, right before they uh, or they're suffering from—I assume right before they die—is the way to put it. Young kids that have cancer are terrible. That's how I've always—is that how you've always looked at Make a Wish? Yeah, kids that are suffering uh, and you know they're just you know probably on the verge of about to die, and yeah. maybe they got only a few months to live or something like maybe that. They, and they got a wish, one last wish of something they always wanted to do, or somebody yeah. to meet, or something to do. So yeah, I can imagine how many make a wish he has been the answer to. That'd probably be worth looking up. It started in 1989. He has granted hundreds of wishes to children all over the world, and remains one of the most requested celebrity wish granters. Yeah, I'm not surprised even today. There might be kids saying it. You never actually clearly saw him play. All right. Yep. I'll go with Michael Jordan donating $10 million to Make-A-Wish, the largest donation ever from an individual. And that is on his 60th birthday, which will be on Friday. Do you think he could still play a game in the NBA? How many I, points do you think Michael Jordan could score? I think he can get at least 20. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. The Hall of Famer is on assignment. He agrees with whatever I have. Uh, uh, uh I think maybe Drew Holiday for putting up 40 uh, against the uh, main Celtics. 
And uh, what do you have? And I got Marquette taking on Xavier tonight. Big game tonight in the Big East. Marquette a half a game up on the Musketeers for the top spot in the Big East after Providence beat Creighton last night in double overtime. They're both a uh, game back. Five games to play left in the regular season for Marquette. So uh, a big game tonight for them to stay on top of the conference and uh, maybe win the conference uh, and then uh, become the number one seed going to the uh, Big East tournament in a few weeks. Yeah. Now, I have a problem with this that I need your help on this. And Tony's not here, so I can't ask him. But uh, while I think it's great to it'd be great to win the conference, even the conference tourney, I would trade both of those for one NCAA tourney win. See, I wouldn't because would. All right. any any season you get to hang a banner, whether it's a out, outright Big East championship, regular season championship, a Big East tournament championship. Anytime you get to hang a banner, to me, that's a great season. Okay, I'm not saying even if, you, even if you lose in the first round of the tournament. Wow, Arquette hasn't won in the first round of the tourney in like a hundred years. It'd be very disappointing considering where they've yeah, come from but and, you'd and what still, they have. You still any anytime you get to hang a banner, it's it's a great it's a great season. Right. I think. All right, so I would trade anything for one win in the NCAA tournament. Maybe it should be Sweet Sixteen. I'll have to rethink that, but not. We'll see what Jim McElvain has to say because Jim McElvain, I don't know what they ever did in conference, but I know one thing: his senior year, Sweet Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen is always special. You got. Great season. Sweet 16's one level, and then it's the Final Four. Elite Eight, eh, it gets lost in the shuffle. Marquette made the Elite Eight after two Sweet 16s, and it really doesn't feel that much different. Sweet 16, Final Four, the national championship game. Uh, I will see if Jim McElvain agrees uh, or has an answer for me about my obsession with everything is about the NCAA tournament. But as uh, Pebble alluded to, if you do well and maybe win the regular season, that's going to give you a uh, great seed for the NCAA tournament, which should make it significantly easier to get to the Sweet 16 or the Final Four. You know how many blocks he had in a season? Uh, how many? One less. Or not actually in the season in his career. I believe it's either 299 or 399. No one's ever going to be close. Blocks by Jim McElvain. It's got to be. He didn't average 100 a year. What do you think, 299 or 399? I don't know. Ben Gold's got a lot to make up in that, Mark. <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. Uh, will anybody break Jim McElvain's record? Probably not. Will anybody break Tony Miller's record for assists in a season? Probably not. Tyler Kolick going after it. Mac. The Renaissance Man, the world's largest member of the school band. Yes, he was a drummer. The world's largest surfer as well. And half of the largest, excuse me, tallest parents at 7'1", his wife at 6'7", and they have uh, two kids. They're no longer the tallest couple. 7'8", and 6'1", beat them. Two athletes in China. But still, the tallest parents ever. Next. Yes, it is 6 o'clock tonight. Marquette against Xavier. For the lead in the Big East regular season. The Hall of Famer Tony Smith on assignment. Joining me now is Jim McElvain. I want to apologize. I wasn't sure if you had 299 or 399 blocks. Uh, that's pretty stupid. Three, 399 is a number. 
Three ninety nine is the number, and I have also suggested that they go through the highlights and get you number four hundred. But no one has listened to me on that, and I know you're not the slightest bit. Uh, you don't give a hoot, right? It's 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 nice to be acknowledged, but the fact of the matter is they didn't even start tracking block shots until a lot of the great big men went through the college game. So. Uh, Lou Alcindor's blocks and Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain and all those guys never, you know, they, I'd, I'd be way down on the list if all those guys were kind of three ninety nine. It seems like Shaq has a few more than you, but it's pretty close. Yeah, um, I, I think he probably does, but um, probably played a lot more than I did. Yes, uh, all right, not, but, not games, but minutes. But minutes, yes. Let's get to the reason I wanted to talk to you is I'm not sure anybody will ever break that record, but I never thought anybody would break Tony Miller's record, 274 assists in a season. He was on your team. Tyler Kolick is now at 201, and he might have a shot because uh, he'll play a few more games. Tony Miller at 8.3. He's at 7.7. Nobody cares about that. He'll, he won't have played that many more games. It will... Uh, um, Explain for those people who don't know who Tony Miller was so that they can uh, put it in proper context uh, as to what Tyler Kolick is doing. Tony Miller was a heck of a football player, Homer. Um, Desmond Howard was on his team, and he led them to a state championship in football and then uh, stepped away from football to focus on basketball and led his team to a state championship in basketball, but a great floor leader. Tough as nails, played uh, one of his seasons at Marquette with a broken wrist. Um, and he was, you know, he also had the good fortune to be surrounded by a lot of thousand point scorers during his career at Marquette and guys who were high percentage shooters. Rob Tony Lager, Miller to Damon Key turns, shoots, scores. Yeah. How many times did he do that from lots? Lots 12, inside, 15. lots outside. Yeah. So you, you got to have that combination and. And uh, Tyler Kolick has that combination. He, he's a tremendous floor leader and passer, and he's got a lot of uh, high, uh, big, big time scores in terms of percentages. They, they they score very efficiently as a team. Now this is an old man's point, but I think the high school. I don't know if he went to Ignatius in Cleveland or not. Um, but St. Joe's, St. Joe's. I think Elvis Gerbach was there before him, and he couldn't win a state title. Uh, That's right. And then Tony took over. And uh, and won a state title with uh, who was it? He said that was on the team. Um, Desmond Howard. I Desmond think. Howard. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So on to Marquette. Other than uh, Tyler Kolick, uh, you're a big guy. Uh, I I don't know that I've ever seen a big guy like Oso Iguodara, especially one his size who can dribble as well as he can. Put him into context of. I know big guys are a little bit different than when you played, but your thoughts on him. I love his game. Um, I, I get a little nervous when he goes to the foul line, as everybody does. And, and I, I sometimes wonder if he's such a good passer uh, because that that kind of eliminates some of the chance of him getting fouled and going to the basket to shoot free throws. But uh, just a tremendous player inside and out, great vision, and knows, knows his range, doesn't try to play beyond his skill set, and, and has a really good court sense for where his teammates are at at all times. Can you compare him to any previous player at Marquette? I don't not not in the time that I've been watching because he's such a facilitator. You know, he's he's not necessarily a score first 
or a pass first guy. He's an opportunity first guy. And, and I don't know that we've, we've had as good a post passer as we've had with Oso, um, since I've been watching Marquette play. And, and at the same time, he's a certainly capable scorer if, if uh, the opportunity presents itself. I know he's the greatest dribbler at that height of anyone I've ever seen at Marquette. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really a good ball handler. Um, but, but again, it's not one of those situations where he goes in over his head and, and tries to break down, you know, full court pressure and, and stuff like that. He, he takes advantage of, of his teammates when, when the opportunities are there and, and plays within himself. And I think the whole team does a pretty good job of that. And, and it's evident in uh, the, the general lack of turnovers they, they tend to have, even, even when, when they lose. Talking with the one and only Jim McElvain, I claim that you and Gwendolyn are still the tallest parents in the world. You used to be the tallest couple in the world. You got passed by uh, seven, eight, and six, one. Uh, but I want to be accurate. Tony always says I make stuff up. Uh, am I accurate that you are still the tallest parents in the world? We we could be. I I don't know if anybody really tracks that. But, I do. I um, do. George George Mirasan and Liliana, oh. his wife. Yes, they they I'm just not sure how tall Liliana is, but they'd be they'd be close to us in cumulative height. And I know that his son uh, plays for Georgetown. Not very much. Yes. Very little. No, he's a, a preferred fan. preferred walk on. Oh, OK, uh, though, uh, Dikembe Mutombo's son played, I think, had maybe his greatest game ever at Georgetown against Marquette. He still lost. Wow. Uh, I thought you would notice that. Um, I, I was in the Mojave Desert for that game, so I missed it. Uh, for those of you people that don't know that you as the Renaissance man, uh, tell them what you do because they knew that you worked for uh, Optima Battery when it was with Johnson Controls, but it's no longer with Johnson Controls. But you're still pushing batteries, right? Yeah, same building, new name. Clarios is our parent corporation, and, and it's the old power solutions group from Johnson Controls that makes up Clarios and Optima is part of that. and. We sponsor a lot of cool off-road stuff, so I was in the Mojave Desert uh, for about a week and a half at the King of the Hammers, which is the largest spectator sporting event in the entire state of California. They they have, like, acknowledged attendance of, like, 65,000 people or something like that, but it's it's the Mojave Desert, and so not everybody's paying admission, if you know what I mean, and there's no telling how many people are out there. There could be 100,000 Wait a more minute. How hot is it? Who that. wants to go out there? It's February, Homer. It's not that bad. It's it's actually quite cold. It gets into the 40s and 30s at night, but up into the 60s and oh, sometimes right. the 70s in February. So not, it's not too bad. Not too bad. For people who don't know, uh, Matt can come on the show at any time and mention something someone's never heard of. Uh, I was thinking of asking you also, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to this four days of darkness. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but I'm sure you can come up with something you've heard of that's as what I think is crazy is that. Um, have you ever you heard know, of when, Go ahead. When you get into that strata that he's in, the world reacts differently, and, and, and you just can't go through life normally anymore. It's, it's kind of a bummer. I think um, the masks, when everybody was walking around wearing masks, that was one of the greatest things ever for celebrities because it was a chance for them to go out and walk around the public and be totally hidden and and i think there's probably more than a few that still do that um and, and get away with it but you know for a guy like aaron Rodgers, certainly in the state of wisconsin then well beyond that it's it's hard for him to navigate life in a, in a normal fashion and so sometimes I, I wouldn't be surprised if he and other guys in his situation have to do some 
non-traditional things. To well, you've done I had, you've done things. I think I'm sure I don't have to get in particular of it. The people might see as odd for someone you're tall. Had you ever heard of four days of darkness as something someone does? You know, people do all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it's a, like an extended sensory deprivation. It is, yeah. Experience or something. Yeah, is that what it is? Oh yeah, it's that kind of stuff. And uh, used to be, I thought you had to be in in uh, in a war and torture or or some form of uh, you know in jail, but I uh, guess not. So yeah, it's. The guy who does one in Oregon is the guy who spent like six months living in the desert by himself and finding food. Well, Rogers was on Rogan's podcast, and Rogan has a sensory deprivation tank. And whether they talked about it on the podcast or not, I'm, I'm sure Rogan talked to him at some point during their conversations about using the tank and then using it in connection with ayahuasca or whatever kind of yeah. recreational drugs that he used. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, especially if there's like a window for drug testing in the NFL that you, know, you could do it right at the end of the season and then get clean. And, and if you're playing another year, not not test positive. So we can go to who? Who's it? Rogan, he himself, what tank? Joe Rogan has a sensory deprivation tank oh. at his facility, and he's invited many of his guests to. So to the take. the reality is, is would be it would make sense that Rogers has actually done that, been in the tank, and made him think of doing this. I would lean toward yeah. that as a possibility. I, I would say so. Because otherwise, you're... all right, back to uh, Marquette because the big game tonight against Xavier. Uh, I said I have this difficulty and always had of the importance of the NCAA tournament. Be nice if Marquette won this game, won the Big East regular season, won the Big East even postseason tournament, but nothing matters to me like the NCAA tournament. I said I would trade either for an NCAA tournament win since it's been so long since Marquette had one. And if you win those things and don't win in the tournament, I'm not sure if anybody really remembers much. But you played, take it away. They hang banners if you win the conference. So I, I guess I would trade a first-round win for a regular season conference championship. Well, we're 2-0. and Pebble said exactly the same thing. But yeah. you know but be, what? Any, that, any year you get to hang a banner, banner is yeah, a great all right. year. All right. no, the, again, yeah. I'm different. I look up at the banner, and you know what the first thing I would say is? Lost in the first round. No, why do you got a banner for that? You know? They they, you get you get your the year that you made the tournament on a banner. Yes, and right? then again, they, like Lottie frickin' die. I want uh, won a won a game in the tournament, and maybe it might because it's been so long since Marquette won one. Now they Marquette has never won a conference postseason tourney. They have won. Uh, you were conference regular season champs, I believe, in the Great Midwest your senior year, right? Correct. The first uh, regular season conference championships yeah. for Marquette. And I, you know what I remember from that year? They, they did. They they won the Catholic Invitational yeah. back in the fifties, though, yes. didn't they? Yeah, that they counts. did. They did. And no one even knew that when they did it. But yes, it was the forties or something. However, I ask any Marquette fan about your senior year. It's a new male. Ninety-eight percent say beat Kentucky and made the Sweet Sixteen. And I'm probably yeah. low at ninety-eight percent. I don't think anybody remembers that you won the conference. Would you agree with that? I would agree, but that's not one win in the NCAA tournament. That's two, that's and two. it was against a, a pretty good team. So, yes. So you think it when, would change if Marquette made the Sweet 16. That might trump anything else. Though, I will say I, this. I would trade a Sweet 16 run for a, a conference championship. You would? Yes. 
Pebble, you're not. Uh... No, I won't. It's, it's still, you still get a banner uh, for uh, for having a great season like that. If you make it to the Sweet 16, you had a, what? Maybe a couple good weekends or a good, well, one good Yeah, you had two good wins. One, I mean, look, one look good at Michigan. Weekend. There's a game. I'm a Michigan fan. Look at Michigan last year, 17 and 15 through the season. They made it to the Sweet 16. Was it a great year? No, they were terrible all year. They just happened to have a good weekend and make it to the Sweet 16. Yeah, it's uh, but it's, it's hard it's to like, do. That's that's what's great about March, though. It's like redemption. If you if you kind of slog through the year, then you can go on a you tremendous would rather run, and everybody win... ends the year feeling good. Wow. Talking with Jim McElvain, you would rather have a conference regular season title than Sweet Sixteen. You that's what your own senior season. You rank the no, conference no. title. No, I, I would say Sweet Sixteen. I would take over a conference title. All right. But it's got not just winning one game in the tournament. Not just one game, no. Right. And this and, one... and not winning like the the you know the field of sixty eight game and then winning yeah, one that game doesn't count. and then no no that that first one th- those don't count those are uh, those are pre game those no there's not you got to be the final sixteen this this you won one and then you get to the final sixty four now that the I'm sorry um, but I will say this that if this Marquette team won the Big East tourney that that would be special never having done it and recognizing that you're yeah. I'm, I might, I might be willing to trade that for a Sweet 16. I, I would have until Georgetown did it, and now oh, yeah. that changes it for me. <laughs> yes, that's a, the last game they won. All right, uh, Tiger with Jim McElvain. Anything uh, strange that I neglected to mention regarding you and anything you've done or anything about or anything you want to bring up? Because I know you got something there. <laughs> All right. Um, NASCAR is racing at Daytona this week, which is yeah. not too far from where I live. Mm-hmm. And and I may have some extra tickets available, not for the 500, but they'd be pretty good seats, and they'd be uh, probably for the the race tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, one of those races. So I'm I'm on Twitter, and Optimum Batteries is on Twitter. If there's somebody in the Daytona Beach area that's listening, or they're going to be there, and they want like a ticket upgrade, um, they can hit me up on Twitter or Optimum Batteries up on Twitter, and, and we'll discuss and, and see what options are available. Wow, you are Optimum so batteries. nice. Yeah, uh, they, they've got some really nice seats, and, and I don't want them to not get used. I'm sure they I, will, but I'd love it for a Marquette fan and, and one of your listeners to get the opportunity. Yeah, we'll put this on. Uh, it's Wisconsin On Demand. People can uh, listen to that forever and see if they can work it out. Um, given that you're in batteries, what's – would you be the expert on electric cars, how close they are, or the batteries and all this kind of stuff? You have any insight you want to give us there? You, you know, we actually sponsored the first off-road electric vehicle event last week in the Mojave Desert, and we had about 40, basically, trucks. There was one Tesla that came out, but a lot of Rivian trucks and a Ford uh, E-Lightning and a Volkswagen ID4, which was a sedan. Um, there, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I've ridden around in a Rivian and I've been in the Ford Raptor R, which is like a 700 horsepower pickup truck. And the Rivian is ridiculously fast, such a fun vehicle to drive around. Um, and, and Tesla's are as well. I've been in model three. So this is going to happen. We're going to have electric trucks, right? Are they all going to be electric? How soon should I react? You know, from a performance standpoint, they're a lot of fun, and there's a lot of people who feel really strongly about them. So I think they will gain some popularity once government subsidies go away from them. 
if they do, I, I don't know how popular they'll be. They, there's, there's certainly limitations with range and functionality, but for a lot of people, like my wife would be one of them, all she really needs is a vehicle that can carry her and the kids to the library you know, once a day. She doesn't, she doesn't need to haul a 5,000-pound trailer across the state. So for a lot of people, electric cars make a lot of sense. Um, Long-term, I've got a friend, Mike Copeland, who is developing a hydrogen-powered engine. Ooh, yeah, you told times. me about this. You think that could be the future. Yeah, that, that has all kinds of potential. And he's got people beating down his doors trying to get as many hydrogen-powered vehicles as they can from him, and he's he's having trouble keeping up, but he's he's got some really cool technology there. All right, back to basketball. One quick thing. I knew you'd have some crazy stuff. Uh, what does Oso Iguodara have to do, or is he already where he can play in the NBA? I, I think he's he's certainly capable of it. I, I went to uh, the Orlando Magic Chicago Bulls game the other week with Jason Williams, and I feel bad because I, I honestly didn't watch a second of the game. Jason and I were just hanging out talking the whole time. So I don't really have a good beat on, on the modern NBA game because I just don't watch it much. But it strikes me that his game is pretty well suited for the modern NBA, certainly as a facilitator. And when you look at Marquette's strengths with shooting three-pointers and, and the emphasis on that in the NBA right now, if you've got a big who can handle the ball and who can distribute it well and, and is a capable rebounder and scorer around the basket who can also find three-point shooters, there's going to be teams that want to have him on their roster. Got it. Mac, always a pleasure. What was that thing again? The hydrogen whatever engine? What was that? It's a hydrogen-powered engine, yeah. It's oh, a yeah. combustion engine. Uh, uh, um, all right. Uh, could that be the uh, electric thing, but competing with it, or am I just making stuff up? It, it has the potential. And, and I would also say with electric, you know, the battery, and I don't have any insider information that I'm sharing, but the, the way technology is advancing, yeah. you know, the, the battery technology could be vastly different even 10 years from now than, than what we're using for today's vehicles. Which would be good for the electric cars. And you trucks. hope you'd think, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, Homer. 399 blocks. Rainman, caller 5, Rainman, 1 800 990 3776. And again, you can always uh, listen again to uh, Mac. WisconsinOnDemand.com and uh, see if you want to use those tickets next. The sports trivia competition, not for the weak of heart, not for the everyday man. This is Rain Man. Yes, it is. We have two great sponsors, of course, Saganiac Planning, the name synonymous with employee benefits, top-notch service, and they've been doing it well for over 50 years. That's how they can make complicated things easy for you if you have questions. And a phone number you can remember, 262-783-Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. That number again, 262-783-6161. And our other great sponsor, Cousin Subs, because Eric, just by being a contestant, automatically gets a, well, how, how big does he get? $25 gift card $25. For some reason, I was thinking 50 and I thought, nah, I don't think so. That's 50 to Mars Cheese Castle for Are You Better Guess. There it is. $25 gift card. And if Eric can win the competition, which goes until the end of June, he would win Cousin Subs for a year worth about $300. Right now, Mike in New Berlin is the leader with eight. He did it in our first competition at the start of the year. He cannot compete. And if anything I tell you as far as the rules is wrong... Sucks for you, because yep. I have no responsibility. ESPWisconsinContest.com for all the official rules of Rain Man. 
So Cousin Subs, 25 for a contestant, and you could win Cousin Subs for a year if you are the winner. Now, if Eric would tie for the lead, then he and Mike would not be able to compete. The leaders cannot compete one or more. As last time, we ended up with, was it a three-way tie? Three-way tie, tie, yep. And then we randomly picked the winner. Eric, good afternoon. Your resume, please, in Rain Man. Have you ever done anything of note? Uh, No, I have not. First-time caller. Oh, long-time listener. Love the show. Pebble, anything you would like to pass along to Eric? Because when I tell them, they never listen to me. Yeah, just uh, don't dilly-dally on one certain question. If you don't know it, skip it, Homer, or come back to it, and don't suck. Yeah. The Got first it. question is the Big Papa Saganiac planning Marquette trivia question. Ready to go, Eric? I am ready. Three, two, one, go. Tyler Kolick among the national leaders in assists. Who has the Marquette record? Most assists in the season played with Jim McElvain. Pass. How old is Aaron Rodgers? 38. Incorrect. How old is Jordan Love? 24. Correct. How many interceptions did Aaron Rodgers throw this season? Eight. Incorrect. Against what team did Aaron Rodgers set a personal playoff record? 33 completed passes. Against what team? San Francisco. Incorrect. At age 10, how tall was Wilt Chamberlain? Six foot two. Incorrect. Only NFL quarterback with 505 yards passing in a playoff game. I didn't hear the. Can you repeat the question? Only NFL quarterback with 505 yards passing in a playoff game. Joe Burrow. Incorrect. Within two, how many years did Craig Council play in the majors? Within two. 13. Incorrect. Who is celebrating his 51st birthday today? Tony Smith. Incorrect. Who is head coach of the NFL's Arizona Cardinals? Um, the guy from uh, the defensive coordinator from the Eagles. <laughs> that doesn't help. Which is a bigger number? Which is a bigger number? Craig Council career home runs or points by Drew Holiday last night for the Bucks? Bigger number. Two hot, two hot, oh, pick a number? Yes. Which number uh, is greater? Two holidays number. Uh, that would be incorrect. Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in an NBA game. In a high school game, he scored 90, 100, or 110. What do you say? 110. Incorrect. 110. Name the basketball coach of the number one team in the country. He was also coaching a team that gave Marcus Howard 40 points and a half. Name that coach. Do not know. Incorrect. How many players have hit more than 300 home runs for the Brewers? Four. Incorrect. How old is Pebble? 32. 32. Uh, go ahead, Pebble. Tell tell Eric what he needs to know. 42. And what else does he need to know? 40. You suck. Mm. Suck. All right. I, I believe suck. I have one. <laughs> I have one correct as well. Yeah. How old is Jordan Love? 24. All right, Eric, listen, because I'm guessing Pebble will go in double figures. You ready to go? Yeah. You got one. All right. Tyler Kolick, a national leader in assists. Who has the Marquette record? We just had him on. Jim McElvain's teammate, Tony Miller. Yeah. How old is Aaron Rodgers? Uh, he's 39. That's two you got already. Uh, how many interceptions did Aaron Rodgers throw this season? 12. That's three you got already. Against what team did Aaron Rodgers set a personal playoff record? 33 completed passes. Seattle Seahawks? Incorrect. Tampa Bay. Two years ago, 33. Uh, that was almost impossible to get. 
Uh, at age 10, how tall Will Chamberlain? Oh, this is very hard. Six, seven? <laughs> Six feet at 10. He's only 10 at 10. That's not 15. Uh, I believe Will Chamberlain was 6'11 when he went in as a freshman in high school. All right, so we're still at uh, three. Uh, only NFL quarterback with 505 yards passing in a playoff game. Tom Brady? Tom Brady is correct against the Eagles in the uh, – I think that was in the Super Bowl. All right, we're at four. Within two, how many years did Craig Council play in the majors? Sixteen. Sixteen is exactly right. Too bad, uh, Eric, you got screwed. You missed by one. Now five. Who is celebrating his 51st birthday today? Jason Wildy. Jason Wildy. Who is the head coach of the NFL's Arizona Cardinals? Eric, I'll give you a half point. You just didn't know his name. Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. That's seven. Um, which was a bigger number? This is Craig Council career home runs or points by Drew Holiday last night yeah, against Council. Hit forty two. Council hit forty two, and Holiday had forty. Forty. All right. Will Chamberlain scored a hundred points in an NBA game. In a high school game, he scored ninety, a hundred, or one ten. One ten. One ten is incorrect. He got ninety. Ninety. The high school games are so short. Um, coach of the number one team in the country. He was coaching a team that gave Marcus Howard. 40 points and a half. Well, Alabama's number one in the country right now, so Nate Oates. Nate Oates is a correct answer. He's also from Watertown, I believe. So that's nine you got right. How many players have hit more than 300 home runs for the Brewers? Four? Nope, one. Ryan Braun, that's it. He's at 352. Robin Yount is next at 251. Isn't that amazing? I think you know how old you are. So, yeah, 42, you're, at, yeah. you're at nine, ten, whatever. All right, Eric, do it again. You'll be better next time. Right. Has to be. Um, do we even have to make note of it, Eric? One? I guess that's good he got one. I'll make a note of it for next time he, he tries. Got, I'll give him one and a half. No, he didn't know the name. I knew nobody would know the name of the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon is his name. Next. Again. It's not Game times are always a little different. Marquette against Xavier. It's 6 o'clock. We're about two hours away from tip. You either play at 6 or you play at 8, it seems. The 7 o'clock game, 7, 7.30 seem to be only non-conference games. Yeah, 5.30 is awesome. Love a 5.30 tip. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Well, you're not going to the game. You're watching it on TV, right? Right. Well, the 6 o'clock games are better in that the game is over by 8 or so. But I just think for fans, you want to have to get to an arena by 6? Um, all right, we have 1-800-990-3776 mentioned that uh, the cover of the paper for the Journal Sentinel. But nobody actually buys the paper anymore. Time has come to move on from Rodgers, which to me is a legitimate headline. But mine would be time for the Packers to get more help for Aaron Rodgers given the way the NFL has changed, I've always talked about defense, and now the reality is if you got a really good offense, you can make the playoffs, even get to or win the Super Bowl. Um, and that, that wasn't the case in the past, but that's the way it is now. The Vikings are a best example of a horrible defensive team that still made the playoffs. Now their their state was short, but the last two teams that have won the Super Bowl have ranked in terms of points given up like 15th and 16th, which is exactly where the Packers were. Packers, the last two years, the problem has been offense. 2020, first in the league, 14th in defense. That could have won a Super Bowl the last two years. In the last two seasons, the Packers have been like 14th and 10th in points scored. You're not going to get it done. So either Rodgers has to get better or 
He just has to have more weapons. Uh, I'm not sure that's how the Packers view it. But if they study the NFL, the game has changed. Offenses rule, even with a bad defense, you can do decent and even win a Super Bowl. Uh, headline in the local paper, time has come to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Do you agree or disagree? Um, 71% agree. I don't know that a good team, even the Packers, should care really what the fans think in terms of making a decision. But the reality is uh, they're, they're not going to be bothered um, if they do. Do you get a daily newspaper delivered to your house? This is like asking if you have a rotary phone. 8%. 8% get a daily newspaper delivered to your house. You know what that means? What's that? How are they still alive? How are they still going? How is the Journal Sentinel survive if only 8% get a daily newspaper delivered? That can, are, they, are they making enough money to be able to survive? I guess they're making a lot off, offline, maybe offline uh, subscriptions as well. Well, no, but offline, it's like a dollar a month. I mean, offline is fabulous. They're, they're, in terms of uh, you want updated news, they have it. The online stuff, the digital stuff is fantastic. But I don't know that they're making enough money to be able to keep it going. The newspaper itself might as well be, they might just go to like a weekly newspaper. The stories themselves, as far as, uh, they can be a day or two old as far as a game played or something like that. But the the research or background on players or teams is phenomenal because I don't think there's a limit um, to how much uh, how much space you can give it. Is there a better chance that Aaron Rodgers retires or comes back to the Packers next season? 80% that it comes back to the Packers, 20% retires. Uh, the show is uh, in search of anybody of any credibility you can find. One person who says that Aaron Rodgers will retire. What's the point? The point is that anybody who uh, has any credibility in mentioning that as an option should say it's an option, but no one, not one single person has stated they think he's going to retire. So it's really not an option. Uh, Adam Schefter had the other ones, and he certainly gave the impression, maybe we should play it again and make sure if we have it right, that, that it's likely that Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. Maybe I didn't hear this part right either. Last option, staying with the Packers, which I still think is the most logical or most likely option of all of them. Jets. So we don't have time for it. Wait till tomorrow. I don't know. I didn't ask you to get it, and it's kind of last minute. Again, the uh, Marquette team starts at six. Uh-oh. This is all my fault. I take full blame. Here's what I would say on the Rodgers situation, in my opinion. I believe that retirement is an option, and I think it's something that he's thought about. I believe that the Raiders and Jets are options. And those are two teams he could think about. And I think the last option of the four of them would be returning to Green Bay. Yeah, he doesn't pick them in order. I just made that up. I don't know how, how I listened to that that poorly. The last, the Packers, not the least. Well, the audio is labeled as believes there are four options for Rodgers. Green Bay is last on list. So I'm assuming that means he says something more after that. I didn't listen to the whole segment nah. this morning. so Yeah, I'm not going to hold against him. I just want anybody to state that there's no way he's going to retire. Um, I think, and I haven't spoken to anybody, but I am the national expert on Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers is the most likely of the three. And you know why? Who wouldn't want to play for LaFleur? What a softie.
Who knows what the other head coach is going to be like? I know with the floor, I'm the man, I'm in charge, he'll do whatever I want. The close, please. Marquette basketball. It all starts at 5, tip at 6. That's soon. I don't have to do nothing but stay black and die. White people! I will bet anybody. I can't do it. We'll do it live! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Things suck!